0: Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus. This is love. We are excited to announce the new way of connecting with the members and guests. We are now using Linktree. This allows us to connect to all online information about our church. The giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms, all in one place. When you can scan the QR code with your phone's camera, you get a short link. When clicked, navigate to a webpage with a list of every link that you would need concerning our church. If you are a guest today, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code and click on the link to provide um, for at @tvchsV. Then click on the menu item for the first-time guest. A reminder that Nursery is open today. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. And you may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR um, link tree code and using the menu to item entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage. Or you can mail a check to our address at 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, there are classes for the first steps, village kids, and youth. This is the last class for this quarter. Also, after the worship service, the adults will meet in the sanctuary for a sermon discussion. And next, Larry will come up and do a special ministry moment about some classes.
1: Welcome again. As Lyle would say, y'all are great. Um, this announcement in ministry moment is about Enter the Village class, and those that need to hear it probably aren't all here yet. So anyway, here here we go. Um, enter the Village class for people who want to know about the Village Church or are interested in joining the church will start in two weeks. That's May 15th. It'll be after the worship service in the Annex. And there's, the purpose of that class is to introduce you to the Village Church, what we believe, uh, and how you fit into that. And parallel with the adult in the Village class, there's a sign-up sheet in, in the lobby for those that want to sign up or are interested. And there's no commitment to, commitment to join the church going through that class. It's strictly a way to learn more about the Village Church and how you fit, if you fit. So that's the purpose of that class. Parallel with that class, there'll be a student into the village class for um, students who are interested in making public profession of faith and have expressed that to their parents. Uh, that class will be taught by Richard Goodson uh, in the annex at the same time after the worship service. So if parents, have, and one parent should be there during that class with the student. So if there's a students that are uh, Making professions of faith or want to make public professions of faith and join the church, that class is for them. So that's the sign up sheet out there in the foyer for that also. Um, if you've got any questions about either entering the village class for adults or students or know somebody that might be interested in that class, talk to Richard or me or Dennis or DeMarco and we can fill you on the details, uh, if you have any questions, etc., etc. Um, we'll continue now in worship. Patience.
2: good morning. (laughs) One thing that um, I think, you know, it's kind of one of those, you know, uh, Pastor Alex isms, one of those things he says all the time. Uh, He always talks about um, Jesus being our Emmanuel manual means God with us and that Jesus is with us. And he has said that so much (laughs) over the past few years. Um and I I find it's one of those things that you know how you have things that you know, but it may take a while for you to really connect with that. And that that's something I had always been taught God is with you. Um but hearing him say that so repeatedly has made it stick in a different sort of way. So now I can use that to, as I preach the gospel to myself, to remind myself that Jesus is with me. God is with me. He promises, his word is full of promises. He has already promised that he will never leave or forsake me no matter what's happening, no matter what has happened in the past or how I messed up, how I'm going to mess up tomorrow, He is always with me because i'm his child i'm his beloved daughter um because of jesus not because of me and that that means so much and so that's what this song is Um, you know songs are poems and this is a love letter from god to remind us that he is with us to remind us how he's been our anchor and so as we have this time, as I sing, there won't be words for this for you today. Just just sit in it and listen to what it's talking about and think about um, how God has been with you and he will continue to be. And even if you can't think of, even if you feel like you've always been along, alone, he is with you because he promises that to his beloved children. His promises are good. So the song is called Come to Me.
3: Lord your God. I go before you now. I stand beside you. I'm all around you. Though you feel I'm far away, I'm closer than Oh called to worship.
2: It is a portion of the hymn, Our Great Savior. Please join with me where it notes congregation. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend saving helping keeping loving he is with me to the end amen amen now y'all gonna have to help me clap this morning okay Good
4: morning, Saints. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, Saints. Hey, man, I want to thank the minister of music for that lovely selection. She took me back to my childhood. I ain't heard those songs in years and years. Got a question for you. Have you had an opportunity to see God pursue you this week? That deserves an answer, because I'm going to help you with it. He woke you up this morning. He woke you up the day before, and he woke you up the day before that. How is your blood pressure? How is your temperature gauge? Are you feverish, are you in good health? You made it here. So we can say God is good, can't we? We can say he's faithful and more than committed. But if you haven't had an opportunity to see how he pursues you this week, the best way we could do this is through prayer. We can do prayer because God has he's he's called us to prayer. And it's our, it's our tool that we use to commune with our father and our master. So I want to take this time to pray with you and for you, if I may. Amen? Let us pray. Father, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. We would like to take this time to thank you for your faithfulness and your commitment to us. Lord, you're better to us than we could be to ourselves and for ourselves. You cause the sun to shine, you cause the cause the day to rain, and you replenish the earth. We complain about the rain, but yet you're giving us water to to help to grow crops for food for the future. Lord, we cry about rain, but it's good to have an opportunity to take a bath with water. And the things that we just overlook, Lord, so frequently, Lord, we're given us shelter. You clothe the grass. You've taken care of us. Lord, you cause all things, Lord God. Your word says in Colossians that you you pull everything together by your word and your mouth so we can take comfort. We thank you, Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died. That great atonement for all sin, past, present, and future. Thank you, Lord, that even when times are hard, we still have hope, we have a refuge. We sung these songs this morning, and Lord, some of these songs come to mind: a bridge over troubled water, a lily in the valley. Lord, we have hope and a future in You. So, Lord, I thank You for Your church, thank You for Your body, that I don't have to walk this walk alone. Thank You, Lord, that we have brothers and sisters, Lord, who are all for the same cause of Christ. You say go therefore, Lord, give us strength to go therefore to do with Your will and Your will only. Let us die to self every day and commit to your will every day. Lord, I pray, Lord God, you will help us to be humble and meek and represent your name well or change our name. Let us be Christians, Lord God, who who uphold the blood-stained banner. I ain't heard that one in a long time. Lord, you good. Thank you, Lord God, for each individual in in this audience. Lord, help them to see your face and not your hand. Help them to run after your heart, Lord, and they can see you speak to them daily as you spoke as you spoke through the burning bush. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will give us what we need, Lord, to uphold your name as we share your gospel, either in our walk, in our talk, the way we move, the way we speak to one another, the way we hold the door for one another, the way we open doors for one another, Lord God. Thank you, God, for our church. Thank you for our leadership. Thank you for Pastor Alex. Thank you for this great burden that you put upon him that he's accepted. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that he would decrease, that you would increase today. That your words will fall on ears, Lord God, to be willing to hear it. Lord, I pray that he, you would speak and not himself. Lord, I thank you so much for his diligence, Lord. I thank you for the elders and the leaders, Lord God, as we try to guide your sheep. Lord, I pray that you'll give us wisdom. Your man says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of you and you'll give it unabradably. So, Lord, we're asking wisdom to lead your people, I thank you for the people who are who help and walk alongside of us. I won't name names because some people I just really enjoy doing church with. I thank you, Lord, that we do have brothers, Lord God, that we can serve with the elders. God, I just lied, Larry. I love you, Richard. I love you, Alex Shipman, Pastor Alex Shipman, that is. I love you, Ella Dennis Bradford. I love you. Thank you for you guys being able to walk alongside us, Lord God, and make my job a whole lot easier. Lord, thank you, Lord God, for the members who come in and walk alongside us and help the elders out. Thank you, Lord, for their commitment. It's been some hard times in this church. But, Lord, you, Lord, have called your people, Lord God. And so what I thank you for, Lord God, for them being able to be a part of this ministry. And, Lord, and I thank you so, so much for today. I think you for the week that's to come that we're going to see your hand in our lives, working out wonders. Lord, I pray for uh, the word to go forth with for power today. All these things we ask in your son's name.
5: Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you, brother, for leading us in prayer. Uh, when I reflect on my, my walk uh, with our Lord, uh, one piece of advice that often comes to mind uh, was to spend considerable time in Scripture, reading large segments of, of Scripture. And I would encourage you to do that, but do not approach it as a burden, something that you have to do. But look at it as an opportunity to spend time with our Lord, to to learn what he has shared with us in his word, Old and New Testament. Uh, to go along the process of, of gaining the mind of Christ and allowing the spirit of God to to teach us uh, through his word. Uh, and now I would ask you to, to join uh, with us as we uh, do what's called our confession of sin and assurance of pardon. Uh, found in, in your bulletin today. And our confession of sin comes from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Please take a moment for a silent confession. And now, our assurance of pardon also comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 1, and this time in verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen, amen, and amen. And our scripture passage for today comes from Matthew, chapter 11. Verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your glorious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father and the one, correction, I'm sorry, except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Again, we say amen.
2: Please stand with me.
3: trust in Jesus. Hell,
2: Trust him more. Amen. You may be seated.
6: Jesus is with us, and he'll be with us to the end. But do y'all really believe that? I do want to go over some, uh, some, go back over the announcements if you weren't here when we first started. So, if you have your worship guide inside, there's a QR code there for you to scan with your, um, your smartphone. And if you're a first time guest, it allows you to go there to sign our first guest for form. And also, there's a link there if you feel led to give your tithes and offerings to the Village Church today. You can scan that QR code there. Now, we're going to have a time of prayer of supplication. And prayer of supplication is a time for you to come and intercede on behalf of people in your life. Think about it as intercessory prayer. It's us taking our knees to God. And so none of us come here with everything together. Now, y'all look good, but you got issues. I got issues. And so let us take those issues to the throne of grace and ask the whole Father to minister to us. So please join me in prayers of supplication. Father, you you see and know us, not just the adults, but the youth, the kids, the babies in the nursery. You, you see and know everything that we need. And you give it to us. And so I, as pastor of this congregation, I come and intercede on behalf of this body, and I pray that you will bless the relationships within our church, that you will bless, Lord, those who are, are sick and, and depressed and, and need a financial blessing. I pray for the youth who will be graduating and going off to college next year. That first year is hard. So I pray you give them healthy friends and relationships there. I pray for the parents who are tired and burned out and fatigued, that you give them extra measures of grace and strength. So I pray, Lord, for everyone within our congregation, wherever stage of life that they're in, empty nesters, single, kid, youth, whatever they are in this stage of life, you are good enough to be Emmanuel for them. And I pray that you meet them where they are. You never said to come to you in perfection. You never said come to you when we have it all together. You never said in your word come to to, to you when we have it all figured out. Lord, we never will have it all figured out. We're never going to be perfect on the side of glory. But you were perfect for us. And Lord, if if you made a way to deal with our sin, how can you not deal with the very thing that we're struggling with today and we'll struggle with in the future? You are more than able to meet our needs. Now, you might not fix it the way we want to fix it. We want it fixed, but you're going to fix it somehow. You are on time God. You will come. My prayer is that you will help our unbelief.
0: And as Americans,
6: Lord, well, we, we, we want things now. We want things instant. Christianity is not a microwave religion. where We just put it in the microwave and everything's done quickly. The spirit moves, but sometimes he moves like a turtle. He's not always fast, but he's moving. So give us the eyes to see that you are with us and you are for us. We don't have to operate in our own strength. At the end of the day, Father, it's not not our resources and our education and our connections that give us what we have. It is you. Because if you remove your hand, it all ceases to exist. So we need a little bit of humility here to know where our help truly comes from. It comes from you. Yahweh Elohim, the creator of heaven and earth. You are a helper. You are a shepherd. And we shall not be in want. I pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Can all the TVC kids give Pastor Alex your attention for a moment? I want you to raise your hand if you ever played the clapping game, pat a cake. Raise your hand. Yeah. So we're going to play it now. Pat a cake, pat a cake, baker's man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. Pat it, prick it, mark it with a B, put it in the oven for baby and me. Now, what does that song teach you? What is it teaching you as a kid? It's teaching you about rhythm. Rhythm. Rhythm is defined as a repeated beat and pattern of beats and and sounds and activities and movement. And rhythm is everywhere. It's all around you. It's in your heart, with your heartbeat. And all of life has rhythm. One church platter in Kansas says, God has rhythm. Everything has rhythm. The universe has rhythm. The planets in our solar system have rhythm. The earth has rhythm. The seas have rhythm. The four seasons have a rhythm. Our bodies have a rhythm. Our heart has a rhythm. And our lungs have a rhythm. And do you know what else has a rhythm? Do you know kids and adults? God's grace does. There's a rhythm to grace as the Holy Spirit works it in your life. And today we're starting a new series called the Unforced Rhythms of Grace. Now, I wish that title was mine, but it's not original to me. I got it from the Message Bible, and that's where I borrowed it from. And the text today is, our sermon text today is Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30. And the title of our sermon today is The Rhythm of Communion. The Rhythm of Communion. And the main point, so write this down if you'd like to take notes, is this. Communion with Jesus is the doorway to experiencing the unforced rhythms of grace. Communion with Jesus is the only way you can begin to experience the unforced rhythms of grace. But do you believe it? Please pray with him for me. Holy Spirit, as I pray each week, you have to move. You are the, the counselor. You are the deposit that guarantees our inheritance. You are the one who leads us into all truth. You are a helper. And you are the one who gives us understanding of the scriptures. And so, so Holy Spirit, you live in all Christians supernaturally. And I, my prayer is that you would take the word today and apply it to my heart. Apply it to the hearts of everyone here and those who may be tuning in on the live stream. The Holy Spirit, you would I pray that you would do your job. And you don't need help with it. You got it. And I pray that you will minister to each of us today. Give us what we truly need. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Our passage today is part of a larger context in Matthew chapter 11. The chapter opens with some some disciples of John the Baptist coming to Jesus to ask Jesus a question sent with them from John. You see, John has questions because he he has some misunderstandings about Jesus' ministry. Questions about his preaching, questions about his work, questions about even Jesus' identity. John wonders, is this man truly the one who is to come? Is he truly the Christ? So there's misunderstanding. In the Message Bible, John's disciples ask Jesus, Are you the one we've been expecting, or are we still waiting? Are you the one we've been expecting, or are we still waiting for him? Jesus tells these brothers, Go back and tell John what I'm doing. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, The wretched of the earth learn that God is on their side. Is this what you were expecting? Then count yourselves most blessed. Count yourselves most blessed. And next in verses 11 through 19, Jesus honors John the Baptist before the crowd. Then he talks about how he and John are rejected by these same people. He tells them, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man... came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. And in verses 20 and 24, Jesus then denounced all the cities, it's the peoples in the cities, who witness his mighty works. They've seen him do miracles, and yet they still refuse to repent and come to him in faith. So he speaks woe to these people. Now, don't look down on them, because if you were living during this time, you would be in this category too. And so he ministers to the misunderstanding of John the Baptist. He calls the people out for rejecting him and John. He denounces them for the unrepentance. So what is left for Jesus to do? What is his next move? Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30 is what's left. And and the passage for today, that, that is Jesus' next move. And his next move is he breaks out into prayer. Thanking his father, praising his father. Look at verse 25. At that time, Jesus declares, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. And the reason for this praise is expressed in his next words, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. These things that Jesus is referring to, is his ministry, his mission, his works, his words, his preaching, his preaching about repentance and, and about the kingdom of God. And the revelation isn't made known through human wisdom, intellect, and knowledge. Please understand that. Just because you're smart would never lead you to a saving knowledge of God. I don't care how many theology books you read. I don't care if you go to seminary or a Ph.D. Human wisdom, human knowledge would never lead to a saving knowledge of God. It would not. Jesus is saying the educated religious leaders of the day, the theologians of the day, haven't been made known. These things haven't been made known to them. God hides it from them, and he reveals it to little children. And what does he mean by that? He's saying he reveals it to the uneducated, to the lowly, to ordinary people, to people who are seen as insignificant, in society, And Jesus says, yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. This means, again, people cannot come to a saving knowledge of God through themselves. It has to be revealed to them. They have to be drawn into God. The things hidden from them have to be revealed to them by God through Christ alone. Don't miss that part. Through Christ alone. If you want to understand God, it's through Jesus. Not Jesus and, and everything else. One commentator says, God never intended that the knowledge of the kingdom and the light should be such that only for the profoundly intellectual could find it. It was his goodwill that lowly people could find the way and that if the clever found it, it would be the same way as the lowly did. And that way, It's Jesus Christ alone. That's it. That's it. And what do you think about that last statement? How does it make you feel when people say, in Jesus Christ alone? In our pluralistic society, the exclusivity of Jesus is offensive, and many struggle with it. Maybe even some of you in the church, do you really believe Jesus is the only way? Young people, do you really believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Or is that something your parents believe? Because you have friends from other faiths, friends who believe different things. So how could Jesus be the only way? They seem to be good people. So how can Christianity say Jesus is the only way? I found a wonderful illustration from a pastor in Mississippi who, who uh, talks about the exclusivity of Jesus. He says, I'm a member of an exclusive club. I have a Cabela's Club credit card. Now, with this card, I receive many blessings. Wherever I go, whenever I go and make purchases, I build up points in my Cabela Club account. And with these points, I can redeem for all kinds of hunting, fishing, and outdoor equipment and toys. It's awesome. I have other credit cards that I could use, but none of them would earn me Cabela points. None of them blesses me with free hunting and fishing toys. If I want these points, I must use my my Capella's card. It's the only card that gets me these points. It is exclusive. The same is true with Jesus. He's the heavenly credit card, and you can't get into heaven without him. You can't get the blessings without him. So in the words of Samuel L. Jackson, what's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? Is it Jesus? Or do you have a whole bunch of other credit cards that ain't ever going to get you in? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. I need everyone to understand that, that this idea that Jesus is the only way isn't something that Christians just made up. It ain't something that the church just made up to its school people. It comes from Jesus himself. It's his words. It comes from his mouth. Look at what he says in verse 27 to his disciples. All things, in the Greek that's all things, have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And in the Greek, no one means no one. All things have been delivered over to Jesus by his Father in eternity past. Before the incarnation. And what does all things refer to? What has been handed over to Jesus by his father? It's the knowledge and revelation of God the father. No one has knowledge of God except the son. No one has knowledge of the father except the son. You see, Jesus speaks about a relationship he has with the heavenly father. It's a relationship that no one else around him has yet. Saints, the father... The Son and the Holy Spirit have an intimate relationship. It's an exclusive relationship. They don't have room for a fourth person. It's just three of them. And three persons in the Godhead, they know each other. They have fellowship with each other. They're in communion with each other. And guess what? You can enjoy a similar communion with them. But do you want it? But do you want it? You're communing with something. As 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 human beings, we're not self-existing like God. We are dependent upon other things to survive. How long can you go without food? I don't need food, Pastor. I I I, I can eat my insides and still live. Okay. All right. Let's we'll see how that works for you. You are dependent upon other things. You need sleep. You need rest. God doesn't need any of those things. So you're not self-existing. You are communing with something to give you survival. So what is it? Who's really your God? And some of your kids today, you're going to go to college and try to create a God for yourself. I got to tell you, it ain't going to last. You're gonna, when that God let you down, you're going to have to find another God. When that God let you down, you're going to have to find another God. And I'm here to offer you today, there's only one God you need. And it's Jesus. Not stuff. Not career. Not houses. Not cars. Not boyfriend. Not a girlfriend. Jesus. So do you want to be in communion with him? Do you want it? In 1 John 1.3, the Apostle John writes, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's what we're offering. That's what Jesus is calling you to. The way to enter communion and fellowship is through Jesus Christ alone. Remember what he says in verse 27. All things have been handed over to me. No one knows the Father, knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus wants to reveal the Father to you. He wants to reveal that. He wants you to come. That's why why in verses 28 through 30, he invites you and others into communion. He issues an invitation for you to come to him. Look at verse 28. He says, come to me. Come to me. That's an imperative. Come to me. Come to the only one who knows the Father. Come to the only one who can make the Father known. Come to the only one who can reveal the Father to you. Come to me as the only one who has access to the Father and all of his blessings. Come to me. Notice what the invitation doesn't say. He doesn't say come to, to He doesn't say come to tradition. He doesn't say come to religion. He doesn't say, come to politics. He doesn't say, come to perform. He doesn't say, come to productivity. He doesn't say, come to theology. He doesn't say, come build your kingdom and, and your platform. He doesn't say, come to Christian nationalism. He doesn't say, come take up the cause of injustice and racism. He doesn't say, come to be a progressive and conservative Christian. He doesn't say, come to my church with a consumer mindset. He says, come to me. So in the midst of all of our busyness, we forget this. Now y'all got me sweating. In the midst of, of all your working and producing and performing, you have bypassed Jesus. In the midst of fighting over orthodoxy, we miss Jesus. In the midst of advocating for justice, we leave Jesus out. In the midst of doing church our way, we close the door in Jesus' face. In the midst of celebrity Christianity, in the midst of all these Christian conferences and books, we have forgotten the basic thing. We have forgotten the main thing. While serving as as chaplain of the United States, um, Richard Haverson says Christianity began in Palestine, on a Palestinian soil, as a relationship with a person. It moved to Greek soil and became a philosophy. It moved to Roman soul and became an institution. It moved to British soul and became a culture. And it moved to American soul and became an enterprise. Need I elaborate? Yeah, I Christianity is all those things, but none of those things are the main thing. What truly makes Christianity beautiful, what truly makes it powerful, what truly makes it real is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection. So, will you come to him? Will you accept his gracious invitation to be in communion with him? Will you? Remember the main point of the sermon communion with Jesus is the doorway to experiencing the unforced rhythms of grace. You can't experience the unforced rhythms of grace apart from being in communion with Jesus Christ first. And what is communion? Communion is about an intimate relationship. It's an intimate fellowship. It's a close and and loving relationship. There's like mutual understanding in such a relationship. There's empathy and compassion in such relationships. And there's a below-the-surface knowledge in this relationship. Jesus is inviting you all to come to him so that he can be in a personal relationship with you. That's what he wants from you. Again, it's not come to perform. It's not come work for me. Come be with me. Some of you are so busy working for Jesus, you don't even know Him. What did He tell the folks at the last day? You did this in my name. I did this today. They said, "I never knew you. I never knew you." That's what He wants to know you. And for your kids and your young people, your parents' faith is not going to be get you in. You can have your own walk with Jesus, your own relationship with Him. Will you come? Look again at verse twenty-eight. He says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." You want rest? You tired? Notice that the invitation is not exclusive. Have you seen that? It's not restricted. Please see this. All in the Greek means all. It's a universal invitation to all people groups around the world. He invites all ethnicities to come to him. All ethnicities who labor and heavy laden are invited to him so he can give you rest. And now that sounds good and all, Pastor Alice, but what does Jesus really mean by labor and heavy laden? That's a great question. Thanks for asking. The Greek translated, the Greek term translated labor is more like weariness. It's not about work, it's about need. And the term that's translated heavy laden is is talking about the burdens of life that all people carry. So this is what Jesus is saying Come to me, all who are weary with carrying the burdens of life themselves. No people group is excluded here. All ethnicities experience the burdens of life. Everyone at the village church is carrying some burdens. Don't worry, kids, your turn's coming. You ready to grow up, but when you grow up, burdens. Don't be too fast to grow up. Wait till you gotta start paying your own bills. Burdens. Each of us walked into this building with some burden on our shoulders. Can you name your burdens? Can you name the burdens you're carrying? could be death, could be loss, illness, worry, politics, financial hardships, grief, guilt, marital uh, tension, uh, mental illness, traumatic events, worrying about God's law. Are you tired of carrying the burdens of life alone? In your own strength? Are you worn out by carrying them on your own shoulders? If so, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary with carrying the burdens of life themselves and i will give you rest this is jesus is emphatic here he is clear here he is firm here he promises to give rest to all who come to him in saving faith to come to him is really an invitation for you to surrender and submit your life to jesus as savior and lord not just savior Savior and Lord is both and. He's invited you to trust him as both redeemer and king. He invites you to repent of your sins and to receive his forgiveness. Come to me, he says. Come to the one who who dies on the cross as payment for all your sin debt. You got to understand that. You say, well, well, I'm a good person, Pastor. I don't don't do things that my friends do. Sin ain't just your actions. It's your heart. And sin ain't just the evil things. There is something called self-righteousness, pride and arrogance, looking down on other people. Those things are sinful too. Jesus died for all kinds of sins, real sins, not make-believe stuff. Come to the only one who is delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Come to the one who can make you right with God. Come commune with the only one who can give you life abundantly. You want abundant life? You want to truly flourish? Then you got to come commune with Jesus. Come to the one who promises to to give you rest from the burdens of life. Again, but will you come? And what is this rest that Jesus promises to give? One commentator said, "The rest in mind." It's the rest that enables enables the worker to go back to the task with a renewed vigor. So this rest is not a complete sensation of work. Sorry to disappoint y'all. Sorry kids, you're going to have to get a job one day. The rest Jesus gives is not a halting of personal responsibility. It's not a termination of duties. It's not a cancellation of serving. It's not a release from all obligations. This rest is renewal. This rest is restoration. This rest is refreshment. Some of you know I took a sabbatical, six-month sabbatical, from ministry because I needed renewal. I needed to be refreshed. I would not have made it in ministry without that sabbatical. I would probably end up resigning. That's where I was. I was tired. I was worn out. And through that sabbatical, Jesus renewed me, Jesus refreshed me, Jesus restored me. And that's why I'm here today. That's the the rest he gives. Sometimes you got to take a break. Sometimes you got to take a sabbatical. Sometimes you you can't work 60 hours a week every week. Sometimes you need to take your days off, take your vacation. Do what you got to do to rest. So who needs to be refreshed for the week ahead? Who needs to be renewed before you return to work tomorrow? Some of you need to leave here and go take a nap. (laughs) Because God is working where you're not. And if you think you can't ever stop, then you are not trusting in Jesus. You're trusting in yourself. Because remember, he did speak through a donkey. He's working when you're not. He never takes a break. He never needs a nap. He's always on, all the time. Who needs to be restored from burnout and legalism and overcommitment? We all do. I know I'm talking a lot about young people because I love y'all. Don't become a Pharisee about grades. Some of you need to fail a test. So you know that's not my identity. Some of you need to fail at something. So you know that's not my identity. My identity is Jesus. Some of you need to make mistakes. So you know being perfect ain't my identity. Come to me as you are. Jesus says. In verse 29, Jesus says that he is meek and lowly. That means he is humble. He is approachable. That means that's that's who he is as Emmanuel. He's meek and lowly. That means you can come to him and be real with Jesus. You can come to him and be honest about who you are and what your struggles are. You can come, come and tell him, you know what, Jesus, I don't like you right now because of what I'm dealing with. He can receive that. This is honest. That's what it means to be in a relationship. They're going back and forth. They're going back and
3: forth.
6: In verse 29, he gives more details about this invitation to come to him. He elaborates more on what it means. He addresses people who come to him as servants and as his students. What do you think that means? Look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. This invitation is an invitation to discipleship. He is inviting you to follow him, to serve him, and to learn from him. And what does that look like at TVC? It's send our statement to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, to glorify Jesus. That's the yoke. What is a disciple at TVC? Know Jesus through faith. Enjoy Jesus in relationship and glorify Jesus with our lifestyle. That's what it is. That's what it is. Because, again, we all wear a yoke. It just depends on which yoke you're wearing. Jesus is saying, "Give. I want you to share my yoke. We're going to exchange yokes. Give me the burdens. Let me help you with the burdens of life. Let me walk with you in the burdens. Again, the burdens of life aren't going to go anywhere. But he's saying, I'm going to join you in those burdens. I'm going to yoke myself with you in those burdens. That's what it means for him to be Emmanuel. Again, this stuff has to be real. He's with you in the thing. Now, I wish he could be, disappear. <laughs> but sometimes he shows you who he's with you through his people. The church. So when people are trying to bless you, receive the blessing. Okay? Don't curse your blessing. Receive it. Receive it. <laughs> That's for you too. <laughs> the message Bible says, come to me, get away with me and you will recover life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-willing on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Do you want to learn to live freely and lightly? It's through communion with Jesus. And you commune with Jesus. Elder uh, Dennis spoke about it earlier. You commune with Jesus by spending time with him and his word. If you approach this that's just a duty, then you totally missed the point of reading the Bible. This is communion. This is communion. This is when you fellowship through word and prayer. Through word and prayer. Because this is where you go and say, Father, speak. Speak to me. Teach me. That's fellowship. That's how I want you to approach this. And for you young people, if you get that in your mind now, that whenever I'm reading the Bible, it ain't checking off a list. It's quality time with my God and King. And set aside time for that. You have to be intentional about it. If this doesn't happen by accident, build it into your day. I'm going to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes with my Lord today in prayer and reading his word. And it has nothing to do with legalism. It's about him ministering to your heart and soul. Because, again, you putting something in there, something shaping your heart, what are you putting in? I'm asking you, put the word in there. Because remember, communion with Jesus is the doorway to experiencing the unforced rhythms of grace. If you can't get that one first, you're not going to get anything else in this sermon series. you got to understand that first. He's the doorway. Listen to this illustration from a fellow pastor. He says, Jesus' yoke fits us well. The life that he gives us to live is not bitter, heavy laden, Rather, it is a lifestyle that's made and measured to fit us. The yoke was a a wooden frame used to harness together two pair of oxen on their, their necks so that they can pull a plow and some other load. It was a balancing device. Sometimes a younger ox needed to be taught to work, and thus he was paired with an animal or with more experience. The beautiful illustration of our relationship with Christ is this, as we walk by his side, sharing the load, the yoke, and the burden, the load does not disappear, but it is made lighter. So keep company with Jesus. He makes the burden lighter. doesn't take it away. He makes it lighter by saying, "I'm I'm right beside you. I'm with you as Emmanuel. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you get down in the dirt with us. You're not a God who just ministers from the mountaintop. You come down into the valley. You come down into the mess. You're by our side. You're in front of us. You're behind us. You're to our right and to our left. Lord, we are really a Kelp people. And so my prayer is that as we, each of us, go out this week, older, younger, help us to help our unbelief. Help us to really know that communion with you is the doorway to experiencing all the other blessings that you have to offer. Help us to know that whatever burdens we're carrying, that we are never, never alone. You are right by our side as Emmanuel, God with us. And I pray for all of this in your wonderful name. Amen. Would you please stand, saints, as we close our service. after the service, so if you feel led, uh, please hang out with us for our youth ministry stuff, adult uh, sermon discussion, and village kids, and the First Step Nursery. Now here's God's benediction to his beloved. May God supply every need of yours according to his riches in Christ Jesus. To God and the Father be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Please greet one another, saints.